Robbie. Yo. Are you fired up about our new official title sponsor? I really am excited. Bro, we talking level up gutters out of Youngsville, Louisiana. Have you ever heard of them, Robbie? I haven't. Bro, I just bought a new house. No joke, no game. I called the competition. I can't get a call back. Won't give me a free estimate. Can't make time for me. I'm talking about level up gutters out of Youngsville, Louisiana. They don't care if you live in Lake Charles. They don't care if you live in New Orleans. They don't care if you live in Alexandria. They're going to give you the free estimate. They're going to give you the personal touch. They're going to make sure you get what you need to succeed because level up gutters, they're winners. And winners win. Winners win. Go like level up gutters on Facebook. The phone number you need to call if you want that free estimate is 337-257-5149. That's 337-257-5149. Don't forget, winners win when you level up. Level up gutters. It's LSU versus Arkansas. I got Jay in studio. This is week 11, November 12th at Arkansas, which feels like a lifetime away. But because we're so late on the schedule, means we're so close to season starting. You know the idea. Go over every big game, and it lined up perfect. When we're done, it's time for the game to start. I'm fired up. I got my boy Jay in studio. No daddy tonight, but. Yeah, he had practice with St. Louis. Coach has got a coach. It's getting football season. We're getting fired up. And one thing, it's uh, today's August the 15th, and it broke this morning. It's too big to not to just graze over to worry about a game in the middle of November. Miles Brennan, who was a 15th year senior, just announced that he is retiring from football. He's he's done. He's retiring from football, Jay. That's what I read. He's not transferring. He's done. The boy has uh he's been through a lot. I guess what I'm gonna it's too big to not talk about. So Jay, I want to get your thoughts on Miles Brennan. I just think he thought I guess it's time to hang it up, I guess, you know. Six year senior. Um he's a Last name's Brennan's. His family owns the restaurants in uh, New Orleans, the Brennan's. So I think he'll be all right as far as financially. I've always heard that he's they're well off. <laughs> yeah. I, we actually sat beside him in the spring game. Yeah, it was, we sat beside his mom and dad. And Dean talked to his uh, his mom the whole time. I remember uh, Jay, it, that was the 2016 spring game, I think. And I remember yeah. Chaz telling, AKA daddy, tell his dad, oh, don't worry, we're going to put some weight on that son of a bitch. <laughs> I guess. Lacey, Lacey tells that story a lot. So, Miles is gone. He, uh, I guess camp didn't go as, as well for him as, you know, as, as he had planned. He could have went last year to 
Southern Miss, correct? Yeah. Chose to stay. Was in a uh, a battle with Jay Daniels. No, no, no. Last year, he oh, Max Johnson. Yeah, Max Johnson. He had a, a chance to leave. Chose to stay. Got hurt. And uh, yeah, a week before fall camp started, that's when he broke his arm in Grand Isle. So he was going on a fishing trip. Uh, f- had some kind of freak accident mm-hmm. the year before. He started off real well, was was lighting it up, and uh, this is 2020, COVID year. He was the starter, no question about it. He did, played really well. I know Jay knows those stats off the top of his head for those three games that he played. Done everything he could possibly do with a terrible defense. Terrible offensive line. Terrible offensive line. Still put up a lot of points. I know he scored 34 points against Mississippi State, scored 41 against Vanderbilt, and 41 against Missouri. Those two losses, but I think he played as well as anyone's ever played, really, at the quarterback position at LSU. And I've been a a known Miles Brennan doubter, and some of the, some of the times it's just to to just throw shade. Some of the times it's to be a, a troll. And uh, but one thing I will say is that he's had a bunch of bad luck. the The injury he had, if they were going to do surgery on him, they were going to have to name it after him. Yeah, I really and truly think that it's plagued him since then is my opinion on that. Yeah, I, I really don't think – if he would have been healthy 2021, if he would have been healthy, I really don't think he would have started anyway because I think that O was riding those two wins off of Max Johnson, uh, Florida and Ole Miss back-to-back, and he was riding it next year. and that. So I, I just don't think he would have got a fair shot the next year anyway. I don't think so either. Coach O was filling the hot seat. Filling the hot seat. He had a lot of momentum at the end of that year. Filling up on 30-year-olds, All, women. That's a fact. Everything you heard from the summer and all this was that I remember. I remember vividly listening to radio shows and from local guys, and they were like, "Oh, Max is those guy." Yeah, Max is those guy. So, yeah, oh, recruited Max. Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah. People remember, and that, that's one thing I'm gonna say about Miles too right now that maybe he wasn't as good as I thought. Everybody thought, you know, maybe he wasn't that good, or maybe he wasn't as good. And Kelly wanted his guy. But Jaden Daniels, because you got Jaden Daniels to come to Maryland State. It was just like Miles Brennan was actually a Les Miles recruit. He was been there that long. Cam Cameron and Les Miles. Cam Cameron and Les Miles. Is that unbelievable to think? Yeah, twenty twenty seventeen class. Nope. So, I don't think that I, I like I said I've thrown a lot of shade on Miles, and uh, I just I I just never. In my heart, except for that first year he was here, I kept wondering why Why did we have to go find Joe Burrows when at the time there was Miles Brennan, there was uh, Justin McMillan, there was the big boy from, uh, what was my guy I used to always say, Jay? Loyal Narcisse. There was Loyal Narcisse. I mean, why, Miles Brennan was on there. Why, why do we have to go get Joe? So that had me thinking, was Miles not as good? I don't know. He was still young. But somebody on that staff thought we needed a quarterback. Maybe O thought we needed a boost in the arm. But I'm going to go to my grave thinking that we didn't think we had a quarterback. That could be true. That could be false for what it's worth. Miles got his chance. And when he got his chance, he played as well as he possibly could. But one thing I will say, Miles scored. They scored 34. They scored 41. They scored 41. And and then Miles got hurt. The next game, LSU scored 52 against South Carolina. Later on. Later on in the season, with Max, they beat a top five Florida team and scored 
37. They played Ole Miss and scored 53. I, I don't think Miles – I just don't think Miles was going to be the next big thing that we just absolutely missed out on. I think we still – I think we win maybe one more game that year. I think our defense was terrible. He was kind of set for failure off the jump. All I'm, all I'm saying is I don't think that we missed on the next big thing at LSU. I think we over we were so excited about him whenever we got him to come here because you got to go back in time to 2016. Yeah, he was top 10 quarterback. He was top 10 quarterback. And uh passed for like 15,000 yards in 3 years in high school. Maybe there was a little foreshadowing whenever he got killed by brother Martin. I don't know. I'm just saying just throwing it out there. Maybe this is the same thing that's, you know, maybe an arch Arch got killed That's by what LCA. I'm fucking saying. I think he's going to be the same thing. I, re- I truly think he's going to be a bust. I don't think – well, uh, anybody is going to be a bust whenever – isn't he like the high, high, highest recruited player? In the, yeah, like, I think they just dropped him down, but he was one of the highest rated recruits of all time. I looked at his number. It was like a 999. I was like, yeah, what Yeah, he was 1,000. Look, Miles was there mile, a long time. He was a national championship uh, backup quarterback. He's a, he's a champion, though. He He had bad luck. I don't think I, I do agree with Jay. He probably wasn't going to get a get fair shake anyways in twenty twenty one. No, and, and he probably would have got a he probably got a fair shot this. Brian Kelly knows more about football than I've ever even or done forgot about more football than I ever even think about. You know, and he knows way more than I do, and they all do. And I, I'm just an ignorant fan, so you know I was rooting Same. For, I was rooting for Miles because he's he stuck it out. He's been there. He. He was a highly touted recruit. Like Rob said, he, he had a string of bad luck. Um, but Rob's always known this, even though I had a favorite player, or not he's not my favorite, but position player. I'm next man up. If he's not the guy, then you know, if Jaden Daniels is, is the guy, I'm all in. You can't all I'm if you listen to this now, just don't be the fan if you're listening. Don't be the fan who praised for Brian Kelly to be here and then you're mad at Brian Kelly for having an actual competition with Mike Denbrock. Who I who we trust and we have shown us no reason not to trust them and be mad because Miles Brennan ain't getting to play. Life's not fair, people. Yeah, and I, I thought that Miles kind of halfway compared to Ritter. You know, Ritter wasn't a real big mobile guy. He was pocket passer. So I just thought that maybe he would fit Denbrock's system better. But I don't know that much about Denbrock. I'd have to go back and look at all of his offenses that he's had. You know, I've I've watched a lot of film and they, they run a little bit of draw read stuff with Ritter, but it wasn't nothing like yeah. yeah. I, I agree. I think uh, – I don't know who's winning the competition now. I'm hearing a lot of stuff about Jaden Daniels now. And every, y'all know I was Team Nuss. Every, every every local media – not everyone, but a lot of local media in Baton Rouge, they're all pushing the narrative of Jaden Daniels. Now, is it just a narrative or is it facts that they get to go into practice? I don't There's know. A, they got a lot more access to yeah. practice and it must be leaning that way. I know leaning Nuss was just way. hurt. Yeah, Nuss, they said he twisted his ankle. So, he's supposed to be back either uh, – no, he was back yesterday. Yesterday, yeah. I must say either yesterday or Saturday is supposed to be back. So they're probably splitting reps. Next week we'll talk more into what we hear. We're, we're gonna that brings us straight into camp talk. Uh, Jay, who's standing out at camp? I mean, we we it's so hard to talk about a game in the middle of November whenever we're in the middle of camp and we're so close to season. Jay, give me some camp news. What are you hearing? Just some initial thoughts out of camp. That Mason Smith is is wrecking shot. He's ready to take that next yeah. huge step. Five-star, number one deep in tackle, uh, coming out of high school. Um, another name that I didn't expect because he's a freshman this year is uh, Mason Taylor. Um, tight end. Tight end. Daddy was an uh, NFL defensive end. Um, Daddy's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah. 
and his aunt is Rob's favorite ESPN uh, jo- analyst. Jo- nope, she works for Fox. Fox now. Joy Taylor, lovely lady, love her. <laughs> uh, yeah, I heard he, he's he's making a lot of noise, and that I don't know how how much playing time he's going to get, or he's going to split reps with Cole Taylor because Cole Taylor's a bigger body and can block better. But Taylor's he's he's smaller. He's probably about six three and a half, six four, probably about two twenty to thirtyish range. So he, he's probably not going to catch um block a lot of begin on a lot of blocking plays but he's going to he's going to uh be on a lot of pass catching like he's probably be the next Thaddeus Moss kind of you know everything Split out to the slot everything I hear about him is he's too he's too talented to where he's not going to get on the field yeah so they're going to have it sounds like to me they're going to have Besh as I ain't gonna, he's going to be a wide receiver yeah well, Besh is wide out man he ain't going to be doing no more of this hybrid tight end Besh. fullback shit that we'll we talk were about favorite year. players Besh is definitely my favorite player on the team Besh is your favorite player on the team. On, on the team, you know, you know, I love them wideouts. That's right. I've always my, I've all, my favorite, my Wide favorite player. DBs. My favorite player of all time is Jarvis Landry. Okay. Probably second would probably be early Doucette. My favorite players have always been DBs and wideouts for some reason, yeah. and that 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 brings me straight into a question we got for Jay. What you got? Because LSU is DBU. Miss me with that bullshit. About Alabama, miss me with that bullshit about Texas. Ohio miss State. me with Ohio State's got a good argument. Yeah, a great argument. Florida, miss me with Florida. <laughs> Ohio State got a pretty good argument, but I want to go into my favorite position on the football field. For some reason, has always been cornerback, and cornerback is a, a question mark really because there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, seniors. Yeah, I mean, they, they lost Stingley. They lost Elias Ricks. They lost Dwight McLaughlin. God, and I like Dwight. Oh, they lost uh, Dwight McLaughlin, and they lost my boy. You had Cordell Flott. So, like you said, Eli Ricks, Derek Stingley, Cordell Flott. Dwight McLaughlin. Dwight McLaughlin. So four, it's four cornerbacks. That's four cornerbacks. So, it's a, it's, it's a big question. I want to get you, Jay, who, who, who are you thinking is going to take care of this cornerback situation? Who do you think is going to start? If you had asked me before camp started, I would have said uh, – Jarek Bernard Converse from uh, Oklahoma State come out of Evangel um, and Seven Banks come out of Ohio State. But everything I've been reading and hearing, listening to podcasts, whatever, is that that cornerback from uh, McNeese that Frank brought with him. Colby Richardson? Colby Richardson. They said he's long, he's handsy. They said that they did a red zone situation and that um, he was one-on-one with uh, Kayshawn. He won – Majority of those battles against Kayshawn. Mm. So if you win it against Kayshawn. You're doing something right. So he's, I don't, I'm not saying he's not going to start or is going to start, but he's going to get a lot of playing time this he's year. Gonna, that's good. And and I heard they rotating them. They 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 running them in and out. First, they're, they're really no set in stone first team defense. They, they're running them in and out all constantly. They said that um, Major Burns at safety, he started uh, in the first team reps, but then Boucher got in from Arkansas transfer, senior. He got in and he – he said he, he played better, so he played the rest of the day with the ones. Um, so at corner, like you said, it'll probably be – they said that uh, Bernard Converse from Oklahoma State, they said he is really fast. He, he step for step with everybody, every wide receiver. Nobody can really outrun him. Let's so, go. And he hasn't been really practicing because I think he's been kind of held out from eligibility or, or maybe injury. I'm not 100% sure. But they said that he's been, he did seven on sevens on Saturday, so he, he's gonna he's getting closer. Good, that, and I know Seven Banks on the roster is listed as a grad student graduate. This is someone who's got a lot of experience. He played in a big program. 
Yeah, he was, and that's that's not taken away from Bernard Converse. He was first team all Big Twelve. Yeah, three at, years in a row. Three years in a row at yeah. a at a massive, you know, I mean, Oklahoma State too, an Oklahoma State team that probably should have went to the playoff, or was very close to making yeah. the playoff last year. I think he's great. I love that he's got a lot of playing time. And they said seven could have got a, he could have got drafted last year. Not high, but he could have got drafted. And he wanted to come show that he was that guy. And, Invest in yourself. He yeah. knew there was an open yeah. position here. You could make a lot of money investing in so, yourself and coming to LSU. So I think that Jay Ward is, is going to start at safety for sure. Okay. I'm not sure free. I'm not sure strong. I don't know for sure, but yeah. he's going to start at safety because Jay Ward is, is, is really good. And I think Fouché will be that number two guy. Love him. A lot more experience. Yeah, and then Major Burns, if he goes down or whatever, Major Burns right there. And then, so, Jannard, uh, Jarek, Bernard Converse and Seven Banks or Kobe Richardson, whatever, whoever, and start at corner. And at nickel, they said Sage Ryan, five-star sophomore from uh, LCA. Yeah. They said that he was doing pretty good at nickel, but I think he was getting burned a little bit, so they put in Greg Brooks, also a sophomore transfer from Arkansas, a New Orleans kid. He come in, and he was playing a little bit better. So There's a little bit of depth there. Yeah, there's, there's more depth than – a lot more depth than we had going into the season for sure. And That's right. That's and whenever I was to Brian Kelly and Frank uh, Wilson and when I think of those, yeah, the transfer portal, golly, it helped us so much. When I think of what you just said of Jay Ward, we're talking about somebody who has played a ton. When I think of Bernard Converse, played a ton, senior. Yeah. When I think of Joe Fouché, senior, played a ton, SEC experience. Seven Banks, Ohio State, played a ton. There's not, they're not going to be seeing shit that's catching them off guard. I absolutely love that. Yeah, and I, and and so so the some of the trans key transfers that that Kelly and whoever brought in, you know, Boucher at safety, we already mentioned him. Greg Brooks, Noah Kane at running back, he's oh, he, a lot of playing time. Running, been running with the ones for a while. Been running with the ones. He's getting love a lot that. of playing time. Jannard, uh, Jarrett, Bernard Converse, um, ULL. Wide receiver, which I don't know how much playing time he's going to get because LSU's receiver room is so loaded. We haven't talked about that on previous podcasts. Uh, Makai Williams, Garner from ULL. Uh, no, I'm sorry, Kyron Lacey is the uh, – uh, The other one, he's a cornerback, right? The other one's, yeah, cornerback safety. So, he, he's probably going to get on the field too. Uh, Makai Williams, Garner from ULL. Kyron Lacey's the wide receiver. And then the other cornerback is Seven Banks. And then on defensive line, uh, Makai Wingo, it was all SEC freshman uh, defensive lineman from Missouri. He's he's gonna get that one slid under the radar. Yeah, and he I'm, he's not gonna start because LSU, like I said, they loaded a defensive line, but he's need gonna to get be playing deep, time. Need yeah, to be they deep. gonna be they, he's gonna get playing time. And then another guy that got listed running with the ones is a uh, offensive tackle Miles Frazier. They they got him at guard right now, but um, is he the kid from FIU? Yeah, he was an All American at FIU. Yeah, All American. So so. In the spring, if you watch the spring, um, which Miles wasn't there yet, um, no, he I, yeah he was. Um, so it was a uh, Will Campbell, left tackle, Trayvon Sharks, uh, senior, uh, left guard, Charles Turner was your center, Miles uh, Frazier was your right guard, and Cam Wire was your uh, right tackle. But they don't they don't moved it around, man. They got a uh, uh, Garrett Dellinger. They moved him to center. I saw he's running first team yeah. on the, uh, on the center, offensive man. line, running yeah. the center. He was a big five star uh, out of Michigan, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, big, big white kid. Yep, big so. strong kid. 
it seems everyone that keeps talking about the offensive line is kind of feeling like it's yeah. it's in place right now. And Kim and Kim Wire, he doesn't got. I think he got bumped, man. Uh, I think Anthony Bradford. Correct. Big big Anthony Bradford. He's what six five three fifty or if, something. If you listen to uh, Ed Ogeron any last year, he loved Anthony Bradford. He bragged about him a lot. Yeah, big guy. He was kind of hit or miss, but he played great at some times. And you saw the talent that was there. And it seems like uh, Brad Davis and Brian Kelly are are putting him penciled in at the at the on the right side, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. So I'm fired up about that. We had to talk camp because it's getting so close. And if I'm listening to this right now, I'm getting fired up because it's we're going to cover Arkansas and we're about to get into Arkansas, but it's almost time to play football, man. We got to talk a little camp, and yeah. we're getting into the time now where we we've kind of steered away from it last week, and et cetera. But the starters are about to start revealing themselves. Hence the reason Miles just left. Yeah. So it's almost time. I mean, we got 20 days till LSU plays, and I'm also fired up for next weekend because you get to scout Florida State. I hate that they get to play. But they play next weekend. Mm-hmm. Week zero. All right, Jay. You ready to get into Arkansas? Ready, baby. All right. We're going straight over into 2021 LSU versus Arkansas. And, Jay, that was a absolute snooze fest. And I do have a question for you. We did not cover this up ahead of time. I'm putting you on the spot. Did Nuss start or did he, did he take the second? As soon as oh, Max no. got one rep. No, he, Max, he got a third drive. Third drive is when Nuss went in and he played the rest of the game? Yeah. Okay. So, Nuss played majority of this game. Mm-hmm. We were all fired. I remember being fired up for that, whether it was good or bad. I think he had a deep pass to your favorite player on the team mm-hmm. in that game. Oh, Besh, baby. Back in the end zone. Besh, I'm from Louisiana. Had a touchdown. But when you look at the score, 17-13 in overtime. 16. Sorry? 16-13 in overtime. Jay, tell me about the game last year. Well, to start off, man, um, Ed Ingram and Jason Hines was out for the game, two starting offensive linemen. They were out. Jason Smith was out. So you had three starters out for sure. Um, So LSU lost in overtime, 16-13, like Rob said. Um, It was pretty even on on paper, you know. LSU had a chance to win it, but they just didn't. They had, I think, 308 total yards of offense, and Arkansas had 283 total total yards of offense. So the first drive, LSU went three and out. Um, he Max missed neighbors on a bad play. So, so Arkansas goes down. I think they they went three and out too. Um, second drive, uh, Thomas dropped a, a wide open pass. Man, Brian Thomas and Max uh, in the third and seven. Max took a bad sack. So then O pulls him. After that, he puts Nuss in the first quarter, about four four minutes and uh, 50 seconds left. His very first throw right out of the gate was a 50-yard throw uh, to to neighbors. That was a jump ball just short of the end zone, which wasn't a bad throw. But, you know, so I thought, whoa, first play out of the gate. I said, well, here we go. <clears throat> so a second throw, he overthrew Jenkins in the end zone. Dre Jenkins, you remember that in the corner of the end zone? I do, I do. He overthrew him pretty bad. So – that was on the second drive or whatever. And then uh, LSU went down to kick a field goal. They tied it up 3-3. Three to three. So, on the third drive, he threw it out of bounds over for a tender receiver, Kirkland, pretty bad. So, he's 0 for 3 to start the game, Nuss was. And then uh, first play of the second quarter, uh, Nuss evades uh, some pressure. He gets out of a sack, you know, kind of dances around and throws a, a deep ball. Pretty good 
deep ball. He was about the 29-yard line, so threw a pretty deep ball to uh, Jack Besh right in the end zone, and Besh made a, a really good catch, kept one foot in bounds. So, so I think he was like one for four, 29 yards and touchdown at that. Then he started. He was one for six in his next two throws. And I think they went down on Arkansas's 18-yard line, marched all the way down the field. And Jake Peets, who we couldn't think of the other day, Jake Peets, the OC. Offensive corner. Yeah, he tries to get cute and runs a wildcat with TDP. I don't think they ran a wildcat all year. I, I don't remember that play, so that tells me we never done it any other time of the year. So they ran a wildcat, and uh, Liam Shanahan hikes it really high. TDP has to jump up and try to catch it. He kind of fumbles it, mishandles it. Um, he got hit. And actually, uh, Greg Brooks recovered the fumble. Really? <laughs> yeah. And now Greg's on the squad. Now Greg's on LSU's team. Love that. Last year's season. Well, why were we running Wildcat when we marched all the way down the field for for nothing? When I when I look at and when I look at last year after that game we were four and six and two and five in conference. You know, uh, your boy Jake Peets was grasping for straws oh, yeah. for that. So LSU gets the ball back uh, up ten to three with uh, three twenty two to go in the second quarter. At this point, Nuss is four for ten, sixty three yards and a touchdown. LSU goes so. LSU goes in halftime, also 10-3. So, Nuss threw his first interception uh, with about 4.47 to go in the third quarter. Score was 10-10. He threw it over the middle. He was staring down his receiver the whole time. Uh, Trey Palmer was actually a receiver he's trying to throw to and just threw, threw an interception. You know, it happens. So, Arkansas lined up to kick a 50-yard field goal on LSU's 37-yard line with fourth and seven. They ran a fake for about a 20-yard gain. LSU, uh, then LSU still held them to a field goal. So Arkansas now leads 10 to, uh, 13 to 10 with 30 seconds to go in the third. LSU marches down the field all the way to 20, Arkansas's 27 yard line. It's third and seven, and Nuss missed Jenkins on a slant that would have been first down with about five. He missed it by about five yards. I mean, it was, it was a bad throw. Yikes. So LSU had to settle for a 45 yard field goal from York. You know, he ain't going to miss it. Nope. And uh, so, with uh, about four, uh, six minutes and four seconds left to go in the game, it's fourth and three on Arkansas's 38-yard line. Nar- uh, Nuss throws it behind Palmer on a little slant route. Like, he just – before Palmer even cut for his uh, route, Nuss threw it behind him. So, turnover on downs again. Um, so, then they go, in o- they go in overtime. I think they go down – Kick a field goal, then they go into overtime. So LSU has a ball with a uh, it's second and ten. Nuss holds onto the ball a little too long, takes a sack, so a loss of ten yards. So it puts them at third and twenty on the thirty-five yard line. Next play, Nuss makes a really good throw in traffic, double covers the neighbors for a first down. So then they go on, they ran the ball two yards, second and eight on the nine-yard line, and. Nuss throws an interception in the end zone. Now, it's supposed to be a back shoulder fade to uh, Devonta Lee, but he threw it to the inside, and Arkansas Arkansas intercepted it, and then Arkansas ran the ball three times, kicked a field goal, and won the game, 16-13. It was such a letdown at the end. Yeah, I mean, they, they, were, they was actually ahead most of the game and played outplayed Arkansas almost the whole game. They did outplay, outplay, outplayed the best Arkansas team in the last it, – 10, 15 years. Yeah, and what's crazy is that that Max didn't really 
play that bad the first two drives. I mean, there was an initiative. There was a push. Oh yeah, it was. There it was, was pressure. Pre, oh, it was predetermined. It was predetermined. He got one drive. Yeah, even if he would win, I think he would win. Uh, you know, eight for eight, hundred yards and two touchdowns. He'd have been pulled. He was know? getting pulled. Yeah, just a. It was a shit show last year. It was a lot of pull, a lot of pressure for Ed to do things. Yeah. And no one on this podcast is going to stand up for Ed because he dug his own grave at the end of the day. But there was a lot of bullshit that went on last year, and at this time he was already we already known he was getting fired. Yeah, he he, he, he was waiting on the next. Hit. We were waiting on the. Head I think he hit. knew uh, after they lost to uh, Kentucky because Scott Woodworth and William Tate and the whole uh, board of regents went to the game. Everybody yep. went to the game, and he knew. I think I uh, I think I actually heard a sound effect to where he said he knew after the Kentucky yeah. game. So, 2021 LSU Arkansas was an absolute shit show. I remember being fired up for Nuss. He went 18 for 31, 179 yards, one touchdown, two picks, QBR of 31. Yeah, very too, underwhelming. Yeah, not too good. And TDP had a pretty good game, just forgetting it that he had 28 carries and 106 yards. I remember controlling most of the game, and Arkansas scored 10 points in the third quarter. And we can never shake back from that. And they yeah. and uh, so that they scored the three in overtime to win. That goes straight into our next topic because um, if you've listened to this in the past, you know that I have a soft place in my heart for Arkansas. I've went to two games in Fayetteville. I had a great time both times. It's not. It's a whole different vibe from Baton Rouge. They're not as crazy as LSU fans. It's way more laid back. But Arkansas is trending upwards. So you got a soft place in your heart, even though after you hear that. Who pick Suey chant all game? No, I don't. I don't have a soft place <laughs> for that. But because we went, me and you went to one of the worst losses in LSU yeah, history. We'll get to that. But I did redeem myself in 2018, and we'll get to that. So I do. Arkansas is my second favorite SEC team, and I am not the guy who you know, we've you've been you've heard the us say yeah. this. Fuck Arkansas. But if they're playing Texas A&M, I'm pulling for Arkansas. So this leads me straight into Sam Pittman. The guy got there, and he's turned around the whole feeling at Arkansas. And he's got a big game coming up this year against Cincinnati week yeah, one. Week I can't one. I can't wait to watch it. It's a two thirty game. I've already it's yeah. marked. That's my two thirty game I'm watching. I think I already know SEC Network's gonna be there. That's a um, good one. Uh, Cincinnati lost a lot. They lost Mike Denbrock. We got him. Cincinnati lost Desmond Ritter. They still got their coach, Luke Fickle. They're both top twenty five teams. I'm excited about that game. But Jay, bring me straight into Sam Pittman. What do you know about Sam Pittman? What's your what's your thoughts on Sam Pittman? I think he's done a really good job. I mean, his first year he went he went what three and nine. His that, first year that was the COVID year, right? Yeah, it was COVID year, and he took well. He also took over a, a really bad team that only won like four games in two years. I remember in 2019, me and you went. We sat, I remember we sat in the South South Stadium Club for the Arkansas game, fifty to seven, fifty to seven. And do you remember who that interim head coach was? No, I don't. I don't. Barry Looney. Who was that? He was – I think he played for <laughs> Arkansas. That? I don't know that. I just remember that for some weird reason. Very loony. Yep. No, I wouldn't – you'd have got me on that one. Yep. So, he was their interim coach. So, that means yeah. Sam took over in 2020. Yeah, so Sam, he was a – he was Tennessee's offensive line coach in 2012. He was a – Derek Dooley's last year at Tennessee. Okay, then he got hired on at Arkansas under Brett Bielham as the offensive line coach from 2013 to 2015. And then Kirby Smart got him over after Bielema got fired to Georgia as offensive line coach from 2016 and 2019. And uh, and then he's been Arkansas's head coach from 2020 to, to now, you know. 
and and a lot of uh, I just want to go over some of the uh, the coaches that that Arkansas has had before they got Sam Pittman and where they come from to where they are now. You know, uh, in 1998 to 2007, they hired a, a Houston Nut. Houston Nut came from Boise State, where they went five and six and took over a team that went eight and fourteen in two years, and uh, he went nine and three in his first year, six and two in the SEC. Then he went eight and four, six and six, seven and five. Uh, nine and five, nine and four, 2004 went five and six, oh five went four and seven, and oh six he went ten and four, and then oh seven he went eight and four. And uh, 2000, that 2003 team, when he went uh, nine and four, they're uh, they beat number six Texas right out of, like the second week, right out of the gate, 28 38, and then number seven Alabama, 34 to 30, 31. That was before Saban got there, of course. And then they uh they lost three in a row to Florida, Ole Miss, and Auburn. And then then they lost to LSU twenty four fifty five that game that year. So uh and then two thousand six had a pretty good year too. Uh they I think they they went um ten and four again. Uh they lost to L they lost to number six USC at home. That was the very first opening game of that two thousand six season. Let's go. Uh Pete Carroll. And all of them. That was the magic. That was yeah, the magic yeah. here. They, so they drummed them uh, 50 to 14. USC did. Yikes. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so then they, they went on, after they lost that opening game, they went on to win 10 in a row. And then they lost to uh, LSU. They lost to LSU in Arkansas. And, uh, but, but what's crazy about that one, we're going to bring that 2006 game, because LSU played Arkansas in Little Rock that year. They don't do that no more, thank God. No, and that's what I, they see LSU always played uh, Arkansas and Baton Rouge when they played at home, but they played uh, at Little Rock, man. What's crazy is that they played at Little Rock like uh, nine home games in a row from from uh, ninety four to two thousand ten. They played at Little Rock every other year. Yeah, that you know that they don't even do that anymore. That they was, yeah. And what's crazy is that uh, the Arkansas Stadium held fifty two thousand six hundred in nineteen ninety two. And War Memorial Stadium, which is Little Rock, they held 53,700. So it wasn't like it was a bigger stadium. It, I always uh, I heard their athletic director say a long time ago, like I would say a long time ago, in 2011, I think, that when they decided that they're not playing games there anymore, yeah, two, it was to let – because Fayetteville, Arkansas, is in the very northwest corner yeah, of Arkansas. They, they played all the games at Fayetteville, but just LSU was uh, Little Rock, yeah. I heard the AD say that they wanted to do one game a year there to give the rest of Arkansas oh, okay. a chance to experience yeah, the yeah, Arkansas okay, okay, game because okay. it's so far away. But I'm glad they don't do that anymore because they got a be- they got a beautiful campus, yeah, man, yeah. Arkansas. In, 20, in 2012, they uh, – actually, in 2001, so they played in 2000, all the way to 2010. So 2001, Fayetteville had a – they remodeled their stadium and held 72,000. So they held 20,000 more than Little Rock but still played there for like – you know, like eight years. I guess it was important that they did. Yes, uh, man. And it, so. if you ever just go Google uh, images of that stadium, it was kind of a shithole. It was nothing nice uh, about it. It was real uh, basic. Uh, Blaine Johnson from Hackberry, you know what yep, we're talking about? I do. He uh, robs uh, his uncle from Hackberry. Yep. <laughs> he said he actually been to uh, Little Rock before. He said it was a. He said it was bad. It was just <laughs> like a, it looks like a just a big. He said he hated it. That's right. But uh, so Houston left Arkansas at the end of the season in 2007 from Ole Miss. 
uh, for a job at Ole Miss. But what's crazy about that is that Nick Saban, when he left in 2004, he recommended to the LSU's AD, which was Skip Berkman at the time, to hire Houston Nutt to come to LSU. But, but they didn't. And obviously they hired Les Miles. And then – so he left, like I said, 2007. So in 2008, they hired Bobby Petrino, which he went um, he went 34 and 17 at, at Arkansas, and he had four years, an 08, no 09, 10, and 11. So 08 he went five and seven, nine he went eight and five, 10 he went 10 and three, and 11 he went 11 and two. So they was really trending upward. And what's crazy is that so if you back backstory on Bobby Petrino, he was at a. Louisville from like um, 2003 to 2006, and he was known for kind of developing quarterbacks. So Atlanta Falcons hired him in 2007 to come their, uh, become their head coach. He went to Atlanta because they wanted to try to make Vic into a more complete quarterback. Okay. Okay. But in August of 2007, Vic got arrested for the dog fighting. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so then they went – the Falcons went 10-3 and three that year, and they fired him after 13 games. I mean, they went – I don't know the record total, but they he went – Three and ten, he went three and ten in thirteen games. Okay. I said it backwards. He, yeah, he I went said it backwards. three and ten. Okay, he went three and ten in thirteen games, and they fired him. And uh, so Arkansas hired him in two thousand eight. It took him two years, but then he got Arkansas rolling. Like I said in twenty ten, they went ten and two, uh, in in regular season, and they uh, only losing number one Alabama twenty to twenty four, and then at number seven Auburn forty three to sixty five, which is that's crazy. Uh, then they played Ohio State in the Sugar Bowl, losing to them 30, 21, 26 to 31. So, and then 2011, they went 10-2 uh, and two in regular season again, only losing to uh, – it was number 14, only losing number three, Alabama, 14 to 38, and losing to number one, LSU, when it was number three, uh, 41 to 17. Then beating number seven – they beat number 11, Kansas State, in the Cotton Bowl, 29 to 16. So, we got that year pulled up on here. And I remember, so they, they lost to Bama the fourth game of the season, yeah. and then they went on a tear. Yeah, they went on a tear, and they got they got up to number three ranking. Last, last game of the season, they played LSU on Black <laughs> Friday. And LSU steamrolled. And LSU, <laughs> I remember it being close early. Yeah. But LSU, LSU steamrolled. Spencer Ware, Michael Ford. I do remember that very, very clear. Jefferson threw for 400. Did he really? No. What? <laughs> no that, way he ever threw for 400. I think he had 400 all year. Ever. Yeah, <laughs> but right. anyway, so, so after they beat – so they beat uh, Kansas State in the Cotton Bowl, like I said earlier. Uh, that was the first top ten finish in 30 years that Arkansas had. They're, uh, they're only their third 11-win season in 119 years of Arkansas. So he had them way up. Okay, so he was rolling. New recruits coming in, they're rolling. But on April 2012, Petrino was involved in a motorcycle accident with former Arkansas volleyball player who he just hired as a graduate assistant. Uh, for athletic development. And he was didn't know it. When the cop report came out, it was just Petrino by itself. Supposed okay. to be. Okay. Then they started looking in the footage at a restaurant. I think somebody was trying to take a picture, and he took he tried to take off from him, and he ended up wrecking the motorcycle, and he had that girl on the back who he allegedly was having an affair with. Yeah. So all that come out. I so mean. They, they, that was on, what did I say, in April? Yep. Early April. Well, they fired him April 10th, 2012. And if you're a college football fan from and, and you're not 21 years old, you know the famous Bobby Petrino oh, and a neck brace. That's my that's my favorite Arkansas picture all the time. I actually that's sent that Rob, to Rob uh, a couple of days ago to be the Arkansas art for this. Because that, when I think of Arkansas football, that's the first thing I think of. Is really? Bobby Petrino in a, in a uh, neck brace with a skin-up face. <laughs> that's my favorite. And, and that dude – 
you know you're on top of the world whenever you're riding around with a your your girl you just hired who's a college graduate and she's an assistant. You just hired her and you got her on the back of your motorcycle, dude. Yeah. Like you're the face of Arkansas football. <laughs> There's no pro football in Arkansas. No. No one gives a shit about anything in Arkansas of, unless it's Arkansas football. Yeah. And you're riding around with a girl on the back of your motorcycle. Yeah, the biggest thing in Arkansas is first the second biggest thing is Arkansas baseball, but first is football by you know. That's right. And so, he had some nuts. Oh yeah. So Jay gave you the brief history on on just Petrino and him. On Petrino. You have anything else for coaches? Yeah, I was gonna go keep going with uh Let's go. With Bielema. Let's go. So so Bielema. So Arkansas had a bad year in 2012. They had a coach there for one year. I don't even remember their record. I think I want to say they went. Uh, they went four, four and eight. eight. Yeah, so they fired. Yeah, so they fired their coach after one year. And then they hired Bielema. So Bielema went there in 2013 and 2017. Arkansas hired. Uh, yeah, that's right. They hired uh, John Smith, which is a pretty common name, and he went four and eight. So. Bielema, I'll just give you a backstory on him. Bielema was at Wisconsin as a D.C. from 04 to 05 under uh, Barry Alvarez, who was a famous coach at Wisconsin. He was there for a long time. I don't and know he, if he's still the A.D. or not. I don't know. Oh, yeah, so say he was the he was the A.D. He was promoted. He was a uh, step down as head coach and went to A.D., kind of like Skip Berkman did at LSU. Yep. And he, and, uh, he promoted Bielema to head coach. And in 2006, his very first year as head coach at uh, Wisconsin, they went 12-1. and one. Went to the Rose Bowl, I'm almost yeah, sure. Twelve to one, and they uh, actually played Arkansas. Oh wow! They, they played Arkansas in the Capital One Bowl that year, and they beat Arkansas seventeen to fourteen. They went twelve and one and went to the Capital One Bowl. Yeah, because um, even though they went twelve and one, they didn't get a chance to compete for the Big Ten title because Big Ten at the time they didn't have a conference game. They didn't have a conference game in 2011. They only had nine. Uh, they only had nine, I think, teams in the conference. So they play eight conference games. Oh, they had, oh, I think they had eleven. They had eleven conference uh, opponents, and they only played eight conference games. And whoever had the best record at the end was deemed the conference champion. Okay. So they went. Um, I think they went seven and one, but they didn't get a chance to play Ohio State that year. So that that's kind of bummer, you know. That's right. So 2011, that's whenever uh, Nebraska joined the Big Ten, giving them their twelfth team. So then they went to that Leaders and Legends division. Remember that? How they went Leaders and Legends. I do not remember that. Remember that. Instead of East and the West or North and the South. How was, the hell can I remember Barry Looney and not <laughs> So they went to Leaders and Legends. But in 2014 is when Rutgers and Maryland joined them. And then they went to East and West Division. Okay. So, so uh, yeah, in 2006, like I said, they didn't get a chance to play Florida. Florida went to the National Championship game and uh, got steamrolled by uh, – Ohio State was the National Championship game and got yeah. steamrolled, by, uh, steamrolled by Florida. Yeah. So then – so then – so – Wisconsin, he went twelve and one, nine and four, oh eight. He went seven and six, oh nine. He went ten and three, ten. Two thousand ten, he went eleven and two, then eleven and three, then eight and five. His last year, but I mean, he had a stretch. You know, he won you know ten games three years in a row. So two thousand ten, they went seven and one in regular season, only losing to Michigan State. Then Wisconsin lost, and they lost to an Andy Dalton TCU team in the Rose Bowl. 21 and 19. That's probably what you think about in the Rose Bowl. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, then the next year in 20, 2011, they went 10 and 2, also in regular season, losing. They beat, uh, they lost to Michigan State, but they beat them in the conference championship game. And you remember their quarterback in 2011? Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson. And uh, they ended up losing to number six Oregon in a shootout in the Rose Bowl again. Okay. So then he went to Arkansas in 2013. And let the record show, I thought it was a grand slam hire. 
Bielema, I thought Arkansas. Bielema going Yeah, to because he, like, he did so good at Arkansas, and, man. And went, Wisconsin was known as a SEC-like yeah, Big yeah. Ten big team. Big boys, run the ball all the time. Big offensive lineman. Yeah. So then he went to Arkansas his first year, but he took over a, a 4-8 and eight team. They went 9-3 and three, Bielema's first year, went 0-8 in conference. Oof. <laughs> Next year they went 7-6, and 2-6 and six in conference. Next year they went 8-5. and five. Next year they went 7-6. and six. And then they went 4-8. Uh, and eight. In 2017, and fired him. They went one and seven in conference. They ended up firing him after 2017. They hired the SMU coach, right? And that's what I'm getting to. They hired the SMU coach from 18 and 19. He went four and 18, 0 and 14 in conference. Oh and what? <laughs> 0 and 14. They didn't win a conference game when he was there. Damn. So they fired him before. He should have went 0 and 16, eight conference game. But they fired him. And then Barry Looney was in him. And then Barry Looney was in him, like you said. So 2018, they went two and 10, 0 and eight in conference. He, they won their first game. I don't remember who it was. But their second game, they, they lost to Colorado State uh, at home, 34-27. to 27. Yikes. And then their, then their next game, which was at home versus North Texas, they lost that one, 44-17. Do you remember the famous North Texas play in that game? No. <laughs> there's, a, there's a punt, and the North Texas player gets it, and he doesn't do the fair catch signal in Arkansas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They let him go. They let runs. him go, and he runs it back. Yeah. Oh, that was t- tough times for Arkansas yeah. fans. And then in 2019, he only coached 10 games. He went 0 and 6 in conference. He went 2 and 8, and they they beat uh, Portland State opening game 20 to 13. Then they went lost to Ole Miss 17 to 31, which is not that bad. Then got revenge on Colorado State, beat them 55 34. The pigs are back. <laughs> they back, baby. They're calling the pigs. And then their next game, Rob, they lose to San Jose State 21 34 at home and start a seven game losing streak. Finally losing. Uh, to Western Kentucky at home, nineteen to forty-five. Could you imagine losing to the San Jose Spartans in the Western Kentucky oh, Hilltoppers? Then, then they got they got fired after he lost to uh, after he lost to uh, Western Kentucky so bad. Going over all this every week just sometimes makes you thankful you're an LSU fan. To be oh honest. man, well, that's when they hired Sam Pittman. So Sam Pittman took over that program that was bad. So like we said, Curly Hallman was probably the worst LSU coach. Yep. They they list uh they had some dark times. Chad Morris is the worst. Chad Morris was terrible. He was bad. He was bad. Chatty Dad. A memory I have. Shout out Jeremy Mancuso. Me and Jeremy went to an LSU Arkansas game in 2018, and uh, we were watching the Paul Feinbaum show live. Mm-hmm. And I'll never forget. There was a grown ass man with a sign there and said, "I love you, Chatty Dad." <laughs> and so I always remember. Was he wearing overalls? Chad. Yes. <laughs> no shirt. No shirt. It was seven degrees. So going into that, whenever you're just talking about into the Sam Pittman age. When I think of Sam Pittman, I automatically think of the staff that he put around himself. Yeah. I think that Sam Pittman hiring Kendall Bryles at OC and Barry Odom after stealing him from Missouri, after Missouri Mm -hmm. got rid of Barry Odom. Barry Odom's a defensive guy. He's there D.C. He's got a lot of experience in the SEC. Right north of him. Right north of him. (laughs) I think Barry Odom – I mean, I think everyone thinks Barry Odom is considered a great defensive coordinator. Kendall Bryles has a great offense. Uh, Brian Kelly, our fearless leader for the unseeable future, until further notice, said that Sam Pittman is the best offensive line coach in the nation. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a great job of surrounding talent around him, like we've seen one of our former coaches do before. And Sam Pittman bragged about Brad Davis at LSU, offensive line. That's one reason why your boy Brian Kelly kept Brad mm-hmm. Davis around. Mm-hmm. He said he liked the way he handled himself whenever he was the interim coach, but he said he learned from the best, and Sam Pittman is the best. That's good. So those are my thoughts. I think I really, I truly think pound for pound, he may have the best OC in DC as a combo. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't think Kendall Browse is the best. I don't think Barry Odom's the best. Yeah, yeah. But as a as so he has a, one of the best uh, coordinator coordinator staff combos in the SEC, SEC. That's, and that's he fair. he seems to do a great job at motivating. Turn on that damn jukebox or whatever he says yeah, after yeah. every win. Rolls a bowling ball. Yeah, he seems like a real likable guy. He is very likable, and he's he's not like Jimbo, man. Like you said, he's just – Whenever he talks, it seems like he's telling you the truth. It seems like he's not he, giving you the runaround. Very, very genuine. Very genuine. Very I mean, look, genuine. If, you're, if you're a half-assed smart person, you can see through people's bullshit. And Jimbo Fisher, I'm so glad he's at a and He's a car salesman. Because he's a used car salesman, and he's going to keep giving you used car salesman bullshit, and they're going to go 8-4 and four for the rest of his fucking career there. What about, uh, I think he takes a little Adderall? And that some bitch is tooted up on What an idiot. Don't we have them next week? Yes. Yes, let's go. I'm so, roasting them. So then Sam Pittman gets there in 2020. I said he went 3-9, and nine, but he went 3-7 and because of COVID years, 10 years. Okay. So. Um, we had barely escaped a win that year from him. Jay Ward blocked field goal. Yeah. And so they went three and seven COVID year and they only won three games. And they were, even though that they only won three games, you're supposed to go, go 500, six and six to win a bowl game. But that year COVID, they was promised to play in the Texas bowl against TCU, but it got canceled due to COVID. Uh, remember that? No, I don't remember that. Yeah. They got canceled during COVID. So then the next year they, uh, they went uh, nine and four. Last year they went nine and four, four and four in conference. But they really, they probably should have went uh, at least at least nine and three. So Jake, probably. Can, I, can I tell you some scores on that twenty twenty season real quick? Go ahead. You were bragging about them about the the twenty twenty season where they did they went three and seven. Yeah. But listen to these losses: Auburn thirty to twenty eight, yeah. Texas A and M forty two to thirty one, close. LSU twenty seven to twenty four. I told you the Jay Ward block punt. Missouri fifty to forty eight. They yeah. they were trending upward. Alabama. 52 to 3. Oh, they almost had them. Oh, damn, you almost, almost had them. So they were trending upward, like you said. People could see it that yeah, it was yeah. happening. And then going into the next yeah, year. Even though they was losing, they were still, they was playing really hard. They played hard for them. And you knew that the wins were going to come. That's right. Going so, into the next year. So going into next year, they uh, they went 9 and uh, 4. But they should have went 10 and, they should have went, uh, not 10 and 2, but they should have went 9 and 3. They, they went 8 and 4 in regular season, but they should have went. They should have went nine and three. They lost to uh, one. They lost to Auburn, and they shouldn't have lost to Auburn. They, they lost. had a skid right in the middle of the season. Yeah, it was, they they played Georgia. They ran into a bus saw Georgia. Georgia, and they they lost in a shootout to Ole Miss. Ole Miss was probably the better team, but they, they could have went either way. I mean, yeah. they scored fifty two fifty one, and then they just played really bad um, at home versus Auburn. They should have beat them. I mean, I'm not saying that game they should have beat them, but I'm saying the the better team. I don't think won. I just think Auburn. Outplayed them, just like uh, I don't think Auburn was that good. They and LSU wasn't that good last year, but LSU should have beat them last year, but they just didn't. They couldn't tackle old, old slippery Bo Nix. Yeah, somebody could have won the Heisman after that. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, and then they, they, of course, they beat LSU in overtime, and then they they lose to Alabama by play a close one, play a close one by by one touchdown, man. And they beat, they end up beating uh, Penn State in the bowl game. Yep. So they end the they end the the season winning their last two games. Go, what bowl game did they play, Jay, against Penn State? They went to the Outback Bowl. Beat, Outback. Beat Penn State. They won three Bloomin' Onions. Three, yep. It was, <laughs> Bloom, what was the other one you get? Bloomin' Onion or something? <laughs> I don't remember. I remember whenever we played, we beat <laughs> Iowa in the uh, Outback Bowl. Wheat bread. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so, we got Sam Pittman. We went over his staff. We went over his career at Arkansas. That's going to bring us straight into recruiting. You know if you listen to this, Jay's the recruiting father. 
Jay, give me some rundown on Arkansas recruits. So Sam's first year, we don't really count. I don't count a coach's first year as when he's hired because you only get a half a year to recruit. You know, because recruiting is – you recruit guys for four or five years at a time. Yep. So it's hard for a guy to come in and recruit you and sell you on everything Arkansas stands for and is, is going to help him out in half a year. It's they hard. got relationships with guys yeah. for the last four years. Because if, you, if they hire him – well, really, it's not even half a year because if they hire him in December, January, signing day is in February. Yep. So they get, what, two and a half, month and a half, you know? Yep. So anyway, so his first full recruiting cycle, they went – it was number 28 overall, number eight in the SEC. LSU was number third that year. They only signed three four-stars out of the whole class. So in 2022, this year's recruiting class, it was number 28 again. And number for his high school signees, number 13 in the SEC. So overall, if you count the transfers and everything, they was number 22 and number 10 in the SEC. LSU was number seven. And they only signed one uh, four-star out of high school. All the rest was from – uh, transfers. So right now, they're uh, 2023. They're number 14 overall, number six in the SEC. So he's doing a lot better. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He's doing, he's doing a lot better this year. Is that? Is that? Do you? Your gut feeling? Is that as good as you can recruit for Arkansas? Arkansas right now? That's not a talent rich state. No, and and you have to sell a lot of. So that's that shows. Uh, Think of its bordering states too, Missouri. Yeah. I mean, they're so far north. You got to come get North Louisiana kids. I know they hit Texas heavy. I know they hit. They yeah. got a big present in North Texas. Mm-hmm. You got Jerry Jones based in Dallas. Yeah. So it, it feels like if you got a top fifteen class with Arkansas, it's like it's like a and uh, that that shows you that with those two recruiting classes that Sam Pittman's got guys on the staff like you mentioned earlier that can develop players. Yes. And that's the best thing. If I mean, if you get in top fifteen classes and you can develop them like you are, then. Mm-hmm. You're always going to be trend. That's why they have them picked to finish like third in the uh, West right now. The biggest deal, you got to get the Jimmys and Joes, and then you got to teach them the X and Os. Yeah, so, that's whenever you start talking big time. Yeah. So recruiting here lately is trending upwards. Recruiting's trending upwards. Jay, do you want to talk about the transfer pool? Yeah, uh, I was just going to mention that they lost 21 in the transfer portal and only gained nine this year. Uh, two of them they they uh, gained was from uh, LSU. Uh, Dwight McLaughlin, like we said, that's a that's a look. That's a, he, he, I know no Arkansas starter. fans listening to this. He's gonna start for them. Yeah, he, he would have been a starter at LSU. He's got a little juice. Yeah, he does. And he, then, uh, then the edge rusher uh, Landon Jackson. Remember him from Texas? Yep, big, uh, big, tall, yeah. very yeah, about six four, two seventy five. Yep, freshman. He didn't play a lot last year, but that's, that's right. probably why he transferred. Was he a three or four star? No, he's a four star kid. Yeah, and uh. And then the two that LSU received from Arkansas, so we kind of like we traded. Yep. We got we got talked about earlier. Greg Brooks, uh, Joe Fouché, class of 2018 from uh, McDonald 35, which is probably my favorite mascot in Louisiana. Uh, what's, that? what's their mascot? They're the, my two favorite mascots in Louisiana high well, school. Well, hold on, football. hold on, hold on. Leesville? It's not Leesville. Leesville is my second favorite. Okay, go ahead. What's Leesville? The Wampus Cats. What the hell is a wampus cat? I don't know, but I like it. I think it's like a six-legged mythical cat. Is it? Yeah, I think it's so. A s- six legs? Yeah. And my first favorite is a McDonald 35. What is it? The Ron Eagles. R-O-N Eagles. Not Iron. Ron. Ron as in Ronald McDonald. I don't know. It's just Ron Eagles. What I don't the know hell what the hell is Ron- a Ron Eagle? I don't know. That's why it's cool. God damn. <laughs> so, so they got Joe Fouché. He's a, be a senior safety. And then they got uh, Greg Brooks, who is cornerback, but he played a lot of nickel at um, Arkansas. And he was uh, 
He's from uh, West Jefferson, so both New Orleans kids. So I know Sam Pittman and Brian Kelly have both spoken highly on both the kids we got yeah, from Arkansas. So I think it got brought up at SEC media days to both of them. Yeah, those both of those guys will play for LSU this year. Yeah, I, I'm Joe Fouché. Jay, he's trending towards he might be my favorite player this year. Yeah. I like a big safety. Yeah, he's leader. Uh, leader, leader. On, on one of them uh, SWAT teams that Kelly puts together. So. SWAT team guy, leader, big boy, lays the wood. I've watched some mm-hmm. of his highlights at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. He yeah. wanted to be at LSU. Yeah. And that means the most to me. Yeah, and that's that makes that makes uh so much worth it, man, when whenever they want to come to LSU, Louisiana guys. That's why it was so awesome about uh Kyron Lacey, the story about him. He's a Thibodeau kid. Never got an SEC offer. Went to ULL, played really good for ULL. Some great ULL teams. And they said Kelly was recruiting him, trying to get him to come to LSU. And Kelly let him out of the uh, the locker room onto the field and had his arm around him. And look, they said that Kyron Lacey looked up and started crying. Like, holy shit, Mama, that, we made it. That's who you want. That's your, right. And we team. seen with the NFL NFL LSU stuff in the in the past. I've seen some kids to where they might. It didn't feel that way to me on some of these kids. Yeah. I know. I'm not saying all of them, but I've seen kids to where it didn't feel that way. No, yeah. It kind of felt like, come in, and then I'm going to get paid later. Leonard Fournette, throw one of them out there. He was he was busy. It was business. Business decision. Yeah. Now, Evan White was the opposite, complete opposite, loves LSU. He, at the combine, he was still talking. He said, go to LSU. You yep. won't regret it. At the combine. And that's the players that I like. That's a player that everybody loves. Yep. Like Jarvis Landry. To oh, me, yeah. the, the epitome is, of that. Jarvis, that's why he's my favorite all time, man. Nowhere else you'd rather be. Yeah. Odell was that too. Odell, Odell was that too. The pitch, what about the pitchers, Tyron Matthew and, and Jarvis yeah. taking with their Lutcher oh, yeah, and their I LSU? That. Yeah. And uh, so it would have been St. Aug and Lutcher helmets. and mm-hmm. then Okay. All right. So Jay gave you the scoop on transfer portal. Did we go over starters lost? No, that's what. Starters lost. Give it to us, Jay. So they losing a bunch. Even though they're trending upward, recruiting class. And they only gained nine from the transfer portal. They're uh, they lost sixteen total starters from last year. They lost seven on offense, nine on defense. That's a ton. That's a lot, man. They lost uh, their their best their top three receivers, man. That uh, Traylon Burks, Tyson Morris, and uh, and Warren, another receiver. Coach so, Traylon Burks. First team all all SEC. Yeah, he, Traylon Burks yeah. first rounder. He had sixty six catches, eleven hundred yards, and eleven touchdowns. Don't quote me. I'm pretty sure he went in the first round. He led he led the team in a, yeah he went the first round of the Titans. Yeah, he was a savage. Yeah, so they lost out of out of the sixteen starters, they lost ten to graduation eligibility, three to the NFL, and three to transfer. So, two of the transfers we already mentioned LSU players. Okay, are going to be LSU players. Uh, so they lost uh, Warren, uh, Tyson Morris. He was second leading receiver. He had 24 catches, 337 yards, two touchdowns. And that Warren, he was fourth leading receiver. He had 16 catches, 252, and zero touchdowns. And then they lost their leading uh, tight end, who was the fifth receiver on the team, uh, Blake Kern. He was uh, also in the graduation. He was at 15 catches, 183 yards, two touchdowns, which is not a lot, but I guess for tight end productivity is pretty good, I guess. Yeah. Um, so they lost their uh, leading uh, running back, which he wasn't number one uh, rusher on the team, but he was a second lead rusher behind Jefferson, but he was a uh, leading running back on the team. He was 19, 119 carries, 600 yards, and five touchdowns. They lost their uh, top two linebackers, which uh, 101 
The three top linebackers, they lost two to the three top. So uh, Grant Morgan, was, he was second team tackler, 101 tackles. Uh, and then uh, Hayden Henry was had 100 tackles on the team. And then they lost Fouché, which was a fourth leading tackler. And then they lost uh, the cornerback, uh, Montrick uh, Brown. He uh, went to the NFL. He's probably the best cover corner. And then they lost their uh, defensive end, uh, Trey Williams. He had six. Ta- he led the team in sacks. So they lost a lot of uh, coach Grant Morgan, and the other linebacker Hayden. I think his name was. You yeah, said Hayden Henry. And then losing Joe, they lost a lot of tackles. A lot of tackles. So they lost uh, almost three hundred tackles between three, you know, three players. I you, you love to see that when they play LSU, but that's that's tough for Sam. I'm uh, I know he's a smart guy. I know yeah. he's got a good staff. I'm sure he's doing his best to replace some of those guys. So their key players, the key players returning is a. Uh, Jefferson, of course, KJ Jefferson. He was a uh, he had a really good year last year. He was twenty six hundred yards, six seven percent completion, uh, twenty one touchdowns, only four interceptions. That's a hell of a year. While rushing one hundred forty six times, six hundred sixty four yards, and six touchdowns, he led the team in rushing. Like I said earlier, the Joker's big too, huh? Yeah, he's good, man. That's a grown man. So the the guy that the only re- receiver they were returning was a uh, third receiver on the team. He was a uh, Warren Thompson. He's 19 catches, 300 yards, two touchdowns, and then they got a transfer from um, from Oklahoma, uh, Jaden Hazelwood. He had uh, at Oklahoma, who's third receipt lead receiver on Oklahoma's team. He had 39 catches, 400 yards, six touchdowns, and then they they get their linebacker back, who on the Alabama episode Kool Aid McKinstry was the best name in the SEC. Well, this guy is on the all name team too, linebacker Bumper Pool. Bumper Pool's a senior as well, too. Uh-huh. Yeah, but he's a senior. Actually, he's a fifth-year senior, too. Yep. And he led the team with 125 tackles. He was a uh, second-team All-SEC, by the way. Yep. Bumper ain't no joke. Yeah, he's good, man. And then Not they just got, a funny name. Yeah. And then they got a, a linebacker from Alabama, transfer linebacker. They think he's going to start. He was a class of 2020. He was a, he was a five-star player coming out of high school, uh, Drew Sanders. He'll be a junior this year. He didn't get a lot of playing time in Alabama. But they they listed he was the number one athlete coming out of high school, and uh, he was from Texas, and so he uh, so a five a true five star kid five who got star. lost lost in the shuffle at Alabama. Alabama, and he's he's a big kid. He's six five, I think, like two thirty five or something. Big like, pickup, big white kid, and then they got a free safety from um, from Georgia, Latavius uh, Brenny. He's a senior transfer. He started at a uh, nickelback for Georgia. He had he uh, had 35, 38 tackles. And uh, two and a half tackles for loss. He started in the national championship game. Left the national championship Georgia Bulldogs. What a crazy time for college football. Yeah, I know. And look, I'm not the old man who's saying, get off my lawn. I don't like it. It's, yeah. It don't bother me because I'm going to love college football regardless. But yeah. what a just, just crazy to hear some of the stuff we're saying. I know, man. I mean, we just went over with LSU. We had to talk about guys leaving Missouri and coming to LSU. It's mm-hmm. not. Yeah. Big program kids are bringing. Like, if yeah. you left Georgia Bulldogs. And started not not only yeah. left him if he was he a didn't starter. get lost in the shuffle. No, he was a starter at Arkansas. That's that's crazy. Maybe maybe Sam Pittman recruited in Arkansas. You know, I don't know. Maybe so. I mean, recruiting from at Georgia. That's right. That's I'm right. Saying. So, this leads into my favorite segment. This is back in time with the Tigers. Here, LSU's last one available to them. Jennings looking for. Third and short. Allen under pressure. Sack loses it. Does LSU have it? It appears as though they may. They do. As the 
Boy, that is a soundbite from one of my favorite LSU versus Arkansas games. That was one of the best offenses LSU had, obviously, other than 2019. It was uh, Zach Mettenberger, mm-hmm. last game of the year. Mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry made two of the greatest catches you'll ever see. One gets shown a lot in the end zone, back yeah. shoulder spinning the yeah, opposite was, way and catching it. That was the year before. So both against Arkansas, but the, the year before was a back shoulder. Correct, because that was in Arkansas. This one, my, the sound clip I play was at home. You're right. Mm-hmm. So Mettenberger goes down. Who comes in, Jay? Anthony Jennings. Rob's second favorite quarterback behind Burrow. That's <laughs> me and Jay have that inside joke because I loved Anthony Jennings at the time. I thought he was the savior at LSU football. <laughs> so uh, Jennings comes in. Durall gets kills some dude down the sideline. I don't know what he was doing. I think it had to be bad coverage. I, I got it all right here. Uh, 2013. All right, Jay, give us back in time with the Tigers. So my very first Arkansas I went to my very it's the second game I ever been to. Like I said previous, I've been to 51 LSU games. And my second game I've ever been to ever was 2003, Arkansas. So the first game I've ever been to with uh, Chaz. And I was a sophomore in high school. So Chaz was probably about eight years old. And what was crazy about that game is that uh, when we was driving to the stadium, we had like a parking pass right there. And we sat in the player mode tickets. So it was in the suite and stuff. You know how that is. Oh, you got spoiled. Yeah. And uh, always, we was uh, riding down Nicholson. Every time we see an Arkansas fan, Chaz would roll down the window and he'd say, Tiger Bay, Tiger Bay, Razorbacks, shut your mouth. He's, <laughs> he's, he's eight years old. Eight years old, calling an Arkansas fan. Daddy's been an LSU fan a while. Oh, yeah. So, so the LSU ended up beating them pretty bad, uh, 55 to 24. Uh, Justin Vincent had 118 carries. Oh, I'm sorry. 18 carries, 112 yards, uh, two touchdowns. And Corey Webster had two picks that game. Matt Malk. Had 186 yards and four touchdowns. And it was a pretty, pretty good game, I mean, for LSU. LSU now. was ranked number three. Yeah, LSU was ranked number three. So, the next time, I haven't went to an Arkansas game since 2009. So, that was like the Arkansas game 2009 was actually my fourth game I've ever been to. So, LSU beat Arkansas that year 33-30 to 30 in overtime. That was uh, – Was that the gold helmets or 2010 was the gold helmets? Gold helmets, all whites with gold helmets. And not LSU gold yellow. It was gold, like yeah. bling on your watch yeah. gold. Uh, uh, so, the very first drive of the game, I remember uh, Chad Jones picked off Mallet. Remember Ryan Mallet? I do remember Ryan Mallet. Gangster. Six foot seven, yeah. And had a massive arm. Oh, yeah. And uh, two drives later, LSU marches down the field, and uh, Jefferson makes – a. A pretty throw on the run to LaFell for a touchdown. LSU goes up 7-3. Next drive, LSU sacks Mallet uh, on a third and 11 to force him to punt. And this is when uh, I told this on previous podcast that well, I was talking to Brian Brown from Hackberry, and he said that uh, he couldn't stand Holiday because he didn't do a whole lot. Well, he said, I said, well, man, he, he returns punts good. Well, he, uh, he returned this one for I think it was – 87 yards untouched, returned upon all the way. Yikes. Yeah, it was. And by the way, talking about Jack Besh, mm-hmm. Brian Brown said that he thinks that Besh is going to be overrated too. He, already, he, tw- he texted me that uh, the other day. Brian Brown, write it down. Jack Besh is, what he said, he's going to be overrated? No, he, yeah. At the end of his yeah, career. Yeah, at the end of his career. I he think. will be underwhelming. He yeah. won't do as yeah. much. Okay, okay, yeah. got you. So, so Brian thinks he's overrated. Yeah, he's, I got you. Brian's a nigga tiger. I got you. So. I got a, I'm not, I'm, I got a little bit of that in me too, Brian. So I'm not throwing shade. I, I got some of it in me. So after, uh, after Holiday runs it back, 
LSU goes up uh, 17 to three. So then the first drive of, um, of the third quarter, Jefferson throws an interception. And then, but LSU still, then Arkansas scores or whatever a couple times. Then Arkansas is 17 to 13, 11 minutes to go in the third. And, uh, and what you call it? And they march down the field and uh, tight end uh, Peterson. Remember that? Remember uh, number nineteen? Peterson? D'Angelo Peterson. Yeah, mm-hmm. Peterson. Uh, hit him with a touchdown over the top. So LSU goes up twenty-four to thirteen with two forty-five left in the game. And on second and ten, from LSU's thirty-yard line, Matt Mallet throws a ball in the end zone, and Chad Jones makes probably the hardest hit I've ever seen in my life from a. Uh, in Tiger Stadium, he killed that dude, Joe Adams, in the end zone. And it's a very famous hit, and I have heard Chad Jones tell the story on a podcast. And he said, "Hey, you, you know, I got him, but let me tell you what." Yeah, he was crawling on the game. I, I was know. down too. He's yeah, like, he he's, said that was as hard as he said he's ever been hit in yeah. his life. So he sm- smashed him. So then they they go they go down to uh, fourth and nine, down uh, Arkansas's down twenty three twenty seven, and they went for it. And Mallet throws a touchdown to put him up 30 to 27. And I can remember looking at the sideline and Matt Mallet was going nuts. Like he knew they won the game. Yeah. Like he knew they won the game. He he left everything out there, just just he was all his emotions on the field. And then LSU got the ball back with a, a minute and fifteen left. They marched down the field to kick a field goal with nine seconds left on the clock to go into overtime. Mm-hmm. They go into overtime, they kick a field goal, and then the they held them to Three and out, and they missed a the field goal in overtime. Yikes! Unless you won it in overtime. Let's go, Ryan Mallett. Break your heart, eat yeah. your heart out. <laughs> that was a that was a pretty good one. So then, 2013, uh, I went to that one. It was a uh, LSU beat uh, Arkansas. There's number 15. They beat Arkansas 31 to 27. It was a uh, senior night, and that's the game that Rob was just talking about. It was Mets uh, senior night. Uh, me, Corey uh, Billado, Amber Billado, his wife. She was his girlfriend at the time. My little brother Dean, TJ, and Peyton all went to the game. I think uh, Danica didn't go with us. I think she uh, was studying for a test. She was in hygiene school, so she couldn't make it to the game. So that was Brett Bielema's first year, and Arkansas had lost eight in a row going to this game. So I, I just figured out she was going to beat them pretty bad. So Odell got hurt and didn't play in the second half. I can remember that. Hill had a real good game. He had 24 carries, 145 yards with a touchdown with a long touchdown run of 52 yards. McGee had a pretty good game, seven carries, 60 yards with two touchdowns, a long of 30. Jarvis, though, Jarvis had eight catches, 113 yards. Oof. So, to start the fourth quarter, LSU was down 27-21. to 21. Uh, 14-31 left. LSU had the ball. They were marching down the field. And uh, on first and 10 on LSU's 47-yard line with – uh, I think about 6.43 left to go in the game. Uh, I witnessed one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life. So, 2009, Arkansas was the best, the hardest hit i ever seen in LSU in Tiger Stadium. This was the best catch i ever seen in Tiger Stadium. So, it was a play-action play. Met stood in there, takes a shot while throwing it. He actually got hurt that game. Threw it over the middle in double coverage. Jarvis makes a catch around the guy's helmet and pins it up against his helmet, and then when they fall to the ground, he he cuffs it one hand and comes up with the play. I, I've never seen anything. Well, like look that. at the highlights of that game and watch that catch. It is unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't think he called that. So, 
So they put Jennings in as a freshman, true freshman. Meg gets hurt. Mets hurt. He's down. He's done. Crawls off the field. Don't Crawls off the field. Yeah, he tore his ACL, I believe. Yep. So they put Jennings in, uh, and they got a field goal out of it. So it's 27-24. Arkansas still has the lead. LSU stops them. Short on third and seven. Great. And then third and seven, they go a little swing pass, and Jalen Mills makes a great open field tackle to stop Arkansas. So Arkansas has to punt the ball with uh, three, three minutes and 17 seconds left. And like I said, Odell was hurt, so Jarvis was back there returning punts. So I'm not saying he couldn't do it, but it wasn't as comfortable as Odell all mm-hmm. year. So he's on up the 15-yard line. They punted over his head, and he fair caught it. Like, but he stepped away because I was going to roll an end zone. Arkansas recovers the ball on the half-yard line. Oof. So on the half-yard line. So with 233 left to go in the game, down by three, 99 and a half yards to go with true freshman who hasn't hardly played at all this year, I was thinking – Man, LSU is really about to get upset by a zero-win team to Arkansas, <laughs> a zero SEC team uh, by eight and three. All the fans around me were all worried and pissed off, that, and all I did was laugh. And and I, you can ask Dean if you see him. I hollered, I hollered, "Come on, Jennings! Only ninety-nine and a half yards to go." And start off from the one. He starts off one and one to uh, tight end Gordon over the middle, and then. He missed Cajun Boone on the sideline. Next play, the next two, the next uh, play, a twelve-yard pass to Jarvis down the sideline, and uh, the next play, he tucks and runs for twenty-one yards or so, and then the incomplete pass to uh, Gordon again. But then, then he hit uh, Jeremy Hill on a little swing pass. But so, so now it's third and ten on Arkansas's forty-nine-yard line. LSU is down 27-23, 27-24 with a minute and 22 left on the clock. Jennings drops back and hits a wide open Tra- Traven draw for 49 yards to win the game. That was just crazy. It's a crazy game, man. And busted coverage. Oh, yeah. He was wide open. Wide He's seen him. Open. He led him perfect. Perfect, man. They're all perfect run. You hear yeah. me? Yeah. And what's crazy is that Peyton, when I seen Peyton on the way out, because TJ and Peyton went to the game, mm-hmm. he said, oh, Jennings for Heisman. And he was all fired up. Yeah, Jennings, right. Everybody that's was right. fired up. So you think Jennings uh, got laid that night? He absolutely did. <laughs> absolutely did. So going after that, Jay, what was the next game you went to? Next game was the our away game we all went to. It was the second away game we went to with the old Miss the year before. And me, Sean, uh, Rob, and Chaz went to the away game the year before. The next year we decided to go to Arkansas. So Arkansas LSU was number seventeen in. Country seven and three, three and three in conference on the year. Arkansas was four and five. They was zero oh and five. So, so they haven't won a conference game in like seventeen games or so. They haven't won a conference game. So we we knew. We said we got to get a win. I think I think you wanted to go to like Auburn or something that year, maybe. And I talked you out of us. I said no, let's go to Arkansas to get a win. I, I convinced Rob, let's go to get a win. You know. Okay. So right before we go, Daddy uh Daddy backs out and he decides to go hunting that year. So, so he didn't come with us. So we had to pick up uh, our good friend that played a lot of softball with us and incredible ball with us, uh, Bobo uh, Edelman. Shout out Bobo. He said, I'm in. He's in. So we went to Arkansas, man. And just this was the worst game that I've ever seen live. It's the worst game I've ever seen live. True or false? It was the worst one I've <laughs> ever seen live as well. So – it was a eight. It was a. I remember it was a seven o'clock kickoff game, and we got to uh, Fayetteville at probably about I think about 
What, about 8 o'clock in the morning I got there? That's because I was begging y'all to be there because I always want to be there way too early. Yeah. So, yeah, we loaded up. We drove nine and a half hours to this game. Nine and a half hours of Arkansas to Fayetteville. And it was, uh, I remember the, the it was 27 degrees at kickoff and the real field was 18 degrees. But people didn't show, we, we showed up at 8, 8 a.m. tailgate. There was nobody there. Like people didn't start showing up to like 5 p.m. Remember that? That parking lot? Before? Unbelievable. We were sitting on yeah. some piece of property. It was like there was like probably ten people on campus, and us four were one of the ten. And and we was on them beers. Yeah, and then we we started tailgating with some Arkansas fans. It was pretty cool though. Yeah, it was good. I had a good time. Yeah, we had a good time. They just show up late. Yeah, so so LSU lost this game seventeen to zero. LSU only had a hundred and twenty three yards of offense. A hundred and twenty three. It, it's like they didn't even want to be there. It's crazy. Leonard Fournette, who, who's probably the best running back that I've ever seen at LSU or, or college football period. He only, I know he's a freshman, but he only had five carries that game. Yep. Five carries. And man, and he had, he had, he has a record for the freshman uh, Russian record. He's a thousand yards. I think as a freshman and going into this game, he had 882 yards and eight touchdowns as a freshman. So he was, he was good, man. He was kept getting better and better as yeah, a Yeah, kept getting better and better. And he only Les Miles only gave him the ball five times. Classic Les. Yeah. So Yeah, that's crazy. So Arkansas snapped their seventeen game SEC losing streak. <laughs> Beating LSU. Of that's, course we were there. Yeah, we had to be there. Highlight of that I, the night before I met Kendall Beckwith in the movie theater. Yeah, the movie theater. LSU was in the yeah, we, went, we went and saw Dumb and Dumber Two. Yeah, we went and saw Dumb and Dumber Two. And they also they also went and seen it, but they ran out the whole theater to themselves. And Rob got up to go to the bathroom. No, I didn't want to sit. We were on the front row. Was I wasn't row? sitting on the front row. So Rob got up to go to the bathroom, and then he seen he seen the LSU player. He stayed there the whole time. And he took pictures of like five or six LSU Davis White. <laughs> yeah, Anthony Jennings, Elliot Kendall Porter, Beckwith. all of them. Man. Yeah, I remember Kendall Beckwith. Look, I'm a big guy. I mean, and Kendall Beckwith made me look like a little kid. You remember that picture, Jay? Yeah, look like on, a, should have got on line with him. Oh, I'd have blew him off the line. <laughs> no, I love Kendall Beckwith. He was a great yeah, player at LSU. Too. Is a little better than DJ Welter. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jay, what's the next game you went to? So, the next game I went to was in uh, 2015. That was um, – LSU was number nine. Arkansas was number – I don't think Arkansas wasn't even ranked. It was four – there was five and four on the year, three and two in conference play. LSU started off the season – no, Arkansas started off season one and three, only winning their first game to UTEP, losing to Toledo, Toledo Texas Tech, and overtime, and then A and M, back to back to back, all at home. They beat a pretty good Tennessee team. They ended up going nine and four with Dobbs and them. Then they lost to Bama, but then they won four games in a row. And then before the LSU game, so well, LSU's only lost game to at Bama that year in 2015. Uh, that was the year that they was ranked number two in the playoff and stuff like that. That's right. And they, LSU was a seven and one, four and one in conference. LSU only lost a. Bama, so, you know. Uh, Leonard was the Heisman favorite all year. Yeah, and you would think that, you would think that, okay, they, they slipped up against Alabama. Okay. Yep. You know, that, that's that's understandable. So, I really liked LSU's chances in this game. LSU definitely had the better team, the better roster, but LSU, but Arkansas outplayed and outcoached, and, which wasn't something new, and just wanted to win more than LSU did. So, me and Sean and Bobo, again, Bobo came with us again. Did Dylan Thibodeau go with y'all? Dylan Thibodeau went to that game because he was working the Longhorn. Uh, I, worked, I watched it in the DJ booth. 
Rob couldn't get off, so Dylan Thibodeau went to that game in Arkansas. And, and so anyway, this LSU lost this game 34-14. to 14. LSU's first three drives, they went three and out. Hornet gets tackled in the backfield. Uh, they sacked Brandon Harris. Yeah, they went three and out, three and out. And then, and then the third drive, they finally got their first first down with five minutes uh, to go in the second quarter. They got their first first down of the game. I, re- I really this, remember that. This was terrible, man. I, and then the next play, Arkansas sacks Harris again, forcing him to fumble, and they recovered the ball and then scored. So Arkansas scored three drives in a row. So it's 21-0 to in the second quarter with 3.55 to go. Yep. LSU finally scored 25 seconds to go in the half, but uh, it was a bad throw by Harris, but it was a lucky catch by Dupree. He threw it for Dural low, and Dural got a hand on it, and it popped up over two Arkansas defenders, and, and Dupree caught it in the, uh, yep. in the end zone. It, it's really hard to uh, – it's really hard. You have to go back and watch it like twice to make sure what happened. So LSU was down at halftime. LSU got the ball – to start the second half and drove down the field and scored to put the game at 24, 21-14. So I thought LSU had a chance to come back, you know, because it's 21-14, down seven. I right. said, okay, here they go. They're rolling. They scored at the end of the game. They scored the first drive of the uh, second half. I said, okay, here we go. But then, then Arkansas scored 10 more points, and LSU marched down the field. And fourth down, they down. 31-14 with 3.26 to go. Harris throws the interception end zone, and that was the game. That was a great LSU team that ended the season yeah. so terribly. Yeah. So the best part about that whole game was when we was going to the stadium and me and uh, Dylan and Bobo and Sean, we got to meet Leonard Fournette's dad and uh, Carl Malone before the game. Got pictures of both of them. Nice. That's the best part of the whole game. <laughs> that was terrible. When I think 2015, I think of what a fun year and what a letdown at the end of the year. Jay, is your next game 2017? All right, so you know what that means. That means it's story time with Jay Sander. And now it's time to meet Jay Sander. And now it's time. All right, Jay, give us your story time this week. So this was 2017 Arkansas. LSU was number 24. It was 6-3, 3-2 in conference. Arkansas was 4-5. and five. Only one in five in conference. It was 11 a.m. kickoff in Tiger Stadium. And this this was just a fun time, tailgate. So me, Rob, Lacey, Danica, and uh, Brody, and uh, Brody's stepdad, I believe, went with him. Yep. And what's crazy about this story, or, or Brody, is that Brody's Rob's brother-in-law, for people who don't know, and he got in, me, Rob, and Lacey always had season tickets together. And Brody wanted to get in, so it's okay, well, I can get two more. So I got six season tickets that year. 2017 and so for uh rob's sister and brody to go to the games with us <laughs> and uh brody went to the first game with us because chattanooga he got so drunk that he made it to ha- he had to leave the game at halftime and then he didn't uh he didn't he couldn't attend any of the lsu games because i think he was on turnaround or something he, he got real busy year. with work and he had a couple turnarounds so the very first game was chattanooga he went to half a game and this is the 10th yeah. game of the season. Yeah, this oh, is, yeah. uh, this is, yeah. So. He still hadn't been to another no, game. He still hadn't been to another game. You know, he hadn't tailgated us or nothing. Paid thousands of dollars yeah, for season so tickets. He got, yeah. He come, I think, he come to the game with us or whatever. So, he went with his stepdad. His stepdad had never been to a game either. So, we go to the game. We, it's an 11 o'clock game, like I said. We get to the tailgate around 830. And Uncle Rob said, 
told me, you know what? I, I got drunk every every game this year off of Coors. I'm not drinking Coors. I said, what are you drinking? We went to a little convenience store, and Rob bought a gallon of uh, some kind of wine. Sangria, maybe? I don't remember what kind of wine it was. Either, like White Zippendale or something. Some uh, kind of wine. Rob bought a gallon of wine. And he said he's going to drink that whole wine before we get to the game. I said, ain't no way. So he didn't drink the whole thing, but he drank probably about, mm, that's about 16 ounces, if I had to guess, of the whole gallon of wine. So... The boy was buzzing. Oh yeah, he was he was uh, pretty drunk. So uh, we uh, where we tailgate at to the ticket gate, I mapped it out, and it's a three quarters of a mile walk. The way with the path we walk and everything. So Rob was so drunk, we walked there. Rob threw up five times walking on the way to the ticket line. I ain't, I'm not kidding. He threw up five times. Looked like catfish Cooley throwing up. Burning. I remember it was all that acid from that yeah. wine. Yeah. It was yeah. burning. I really remember that. So we get in the game, and I don't remember it being a very exciting game, but, I mean, it was a pretty, pretty good game so far, 7-7 seven to seven at halftime. So at halftime, 7-7, seven to seven, like I just said, Brody and his stepdad, they decided to go burn a heater. We wanted to rip a heater, Coach. We wanted to rip a heater. Halftime. Halftime. So Brody goes out, goes outside the stadium. <laughs> I didn't know where he was going. Actually, I, I probably would have mentioned something, but I didn't know where he was going. So he went, he went with his stepdad to go smoke outside the stadium and text Rob and said that the the gate Nazis wouldn't let him back in the stadium. <laughs> he said, Rob, the goddamn gate Nazis won't let me back in. And Rob said, well, God dang, Brody. He said, it's not a uh, Starks High School basketball game at the uh, Holiday Classic. You can't just go outside at halftime well, and smoke. Need, they need to put some signs <laughs> up. Brody, Brody, he needed to rip so, it. He didn't so, know. So, after, so that, the point of that story was that Brody watched one half of uh, Chattanooga and the first half of Arkansas for about fourteen or $1,500 that year. All season. <laughs> All season. Watched two halves of LSU football. That's a true story. So he, he didn't get tickets the next year. Joe, Brody said, fuck them tickets. <laughs> and who sat in the seats that year? Uh, I don't remember who sat in the seats, but I know his uh, – I don't remember who it was for the next game was A&M. Oh, yeah, he his mom. He could have went to that game, yeah. but his He gave mom, them to his mom and her boyfriend and her husband at the time. Yeah, it was a, his husband was an A&M fan. Big so. A&M fan. Still is. Shout out Tommy Munson. He's a yeah. big A&M fan. So. That was story time with Jay. We're wrapping up the episode. That leads us straight into our final segment always. It's prediction time. Jay, you've kind of backtracked on yours. You've took ownership of it. At this point, you have LSU what into? Because you're thinking a Tennessee loss and a Bama loss. Yeah. So what are you thinking? Uh, what, what what would that put them? I have to look at the schedule. Seven. That'd be seven and two. Seven and two. The Jays got them. Seven and two coming into Arkansas. Yeah. The game is at Arkansas. At Arkansas. The game right after Bama. Week 11. So I think they're going to be just banged up from the Bama game. And hopefully it's a close game. Hopefully LSU keeps it competitive like we, we've hoped for on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen to it last week. I said I want LSU to just keep it really competitive and have a chance to win the game or to be in it. You know, I don't want them to get blown out like 29 nothing or nothing like that. Okay. So, I just think they're going to be banged up at Arkansas. Got K.J. Jefferson back. I think LSU probably they probably lose this one in a close one. I totally agree. LSU, fuck that. Oh. The Tigers win a close one. Hell, yeah. In Fayetteville. I, guess. I know against – they lost too much. KJ Jefferson's going to be lost without Traylon Burks. 
I know they got some big time guys in. Top running back. Lost his top running back. Yeah. Usually I'm I, I don't know. I've been the first guy who says we're not gonna win every game this year. I'm thinking with my purple and gold goggles right now. Hell yeah. LSU's gonna come out with a dub. It's gonna be frigid. But Brian Kelly made his career in Cincinnati. Made his career in Notre Dame. Notre Dame. He'll have the boys ready to play in the frigid. LSU wins. A close one. We're going to have two picks to help out the offense in the cold weather. LSU wins. We're ending on a good note. Thank y'all for listening. We had a great time. And I, just to let y'all know, me and Jay have already agreed on when the season starts, we're giving you the pregames. Like if it's a Wednesday and the boys play Auburn that week, we're still going to continue these episodes in the midweek. Whether it be Jay call in, whether it be Jay stay uh, coming to studio, if I got to just bother Jay for 15 minutes a week to do these episodes, I'm going to get these episodes done, whatever it takes. I appreciate y'all listening. Jay, you got something to go out on? Not that I can think of, man. Just... The Tigers are going to be 7-2 and two coming into this. You got them with a loss, 7-3. and three. And look, at the end of the day, 8-4, and 7-5. Seven and, seven and five. I think eight and four is very real possibility for the Tigers. Yeah. And how fired up would everybody be for eight and four? Eight, four, nine, and three. Eight and four, nine, and three would be, I'd be on cloud nine. I'd be, yeah. oh, we're winning a natty in the next two years. I'd be saying. <laughs> yeah. I appreciate y'all listening. This is Winner's Win. So dirty, jumbo wet, so I keep it clean. Right.